Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Worker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, August 5th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Investors await the July jobs report for signs of a slowing or strong labor market. Democrats agree on a revised version of their tax and climate bill. Tesla shareholders agree on a three-for-one stock split. And U.S. health officials declare monkeypox a public health emergency. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has been ordered to pay $4.1 million in the Sandy Hook case. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower in sports. The Mets hit four home runs, beat the Braves in the start of the big five-game series the Yankees play tonight in St. Louis. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good Friday morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are little changed this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures, again, are little changed. So are NASDAQ and Dow futures. The DAX in Germany is down about two-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds. Yield 2.68 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.04 percent. Nathan. Karen, global stocks are trading near a two-month high ahead of the July jobs report. Economists are looking for a slowdown in the labor market. The median forecast is for a gain of 250,000 jobs. We get more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Since it's backward-looking, July's change in U.S. payrolls won't have much value for forecasters trying to predict recession. Companies are also reluctant to let go of workers, even if business is starting to slow, given the current labor shortage. While a consensus print would be the lowest since the economy lost jobs in December 2020, it would still be above the average of 193,000 jobs created per month in the five years before the pandemic. And it would continue to reassure Fed officials that rising interest rates aren't tanking the economy yet. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you. Well, another major story out of Washington. Senate Democrats are closer to passing their tax and energy bill. Arizona's Kirsten Cinema, one of the last holdouts on the deal, now says she's on board. That's after Democrats took out a provision that would have narrowed a tax loophole for fund managers and added a new 1% tax on stock buybacks. But there's still one hurdle left. That's according to Jim Kessler, co-founder of Third Way and former legislative policy director for Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. The parliamentarian is looking at this bill. There's always things that don't pass what's called the bird bath. Uh, some of the procedural rules with reconciliation, which means language will need to be tweaked. Third Way co-founder Jim Kessler spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg's Sound On. The parliamentarian should rule on the bill today. Democrats could work into the weekend to vote on the measure tomorrow. Now we're seeing new tensions between the U.S. and China this morning, Karen, over House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. Beijing has announced sanctions against the Speaker and her immediate family. That's according to a statement from the Chinese Foreign Ministry, though it does not give specifics. 
Well, Nathan, there's major news on the health front this morning with the U.S. declaring a federal emergency because of the monkey, because of monkeypox. Researchers are trying to get some answers on how to combat the disease. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Health and Human Services says about 6,600 cases nationwide, with researchers now asking questions like, does a person who had a smallpox vaccine as a child have immunity? The head of the White House COVID task force is Dr. Ashish Jha. Smallpox, monkeypox, very related to each other as viruses go. You would think that if you got vaccinated as a kid against smallpox, you would have protection. We don't know yet. We're still looking at the data. We are seeing some older people still get infected. Meanwhile, as well as the federal government, more and more states are declaring states of emergency as well. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. Turning to corporate news this morning, shares of Tesla are up almost a half percent in early trading. Shareholders have approved a three-for-one stock split. Ed Ludlow has more from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. This stock split takes the shares to around $300 a share, was first tweeted by Tesla in March, and then when this meeting was confirmed and scheduled with the agenda a month ago, we knew it was coming. And the thing that's missing for investors out there is we do not know more details about the date that this stock split becomes effective of. We've seen this before. There was a five-for-one stock split in August 2020, really boosted the stock. The logic, bring the price down, make it more accessible, and Tesla has a massive retail investor base. Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow says the stock split could give a lift to Tesla's shares, which are up nearly 50% from a late May low. Well, Nathan, one another uh, one other note from Tesla's shareholder meeting has Elon Musk giving his anecdotal view on the economy. The Tesla CEO says he thinks the worst may be over when it comes to inflation. Most of our commodities, most of the things that go into a Tesla, not all, but I don't know, more, more than half, the prices are trending down in six months, six months from now. Now, this could change, obviously, but, but the trend is down, which suggests that uh, – we are past peak inflation. Musk also reiterates that he expects a mild recession in the U.S., and that could last about 18 months. Well, we got plenty of stocks on the move this morning, Karen, after a slew of earnings late yesterday. Look at shares of Lyft. They're up about 9.5%. The company says ride-sharing volumes are on track to exceed pre-COVID levels as it reported the highest earnings in its history. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It's a sign that investment to stem a shortage of drivers is paying off. Revenue rose 30% from a year earlier to $991 million, beating the $986.7 million street estimate. The quarter shows Lyft is approaching a full recovery from the pandemic amid a broad-based rebound in ride-hailing that also boosted rival Uber in the period. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Now let's get a look at some other stocks on our radar this morning. Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us live with the latest. John, good morning. Karen, the quarterly loss at DoorDash was worse than what an analyst expected, but the company says its food delivery business remains healthy and growth continued. Well, that's what investors latched onto. DoorDash shares jumped 13%. Yelp reporting a profit in the last quarter, boosting its full-year earnings guidance. The online directory says strong advertiser demand drove record net revenue. Those shares jumped 18%. And Beyond Meat slashing its revenue outlook for the full year, saying shoppers are trading down from its plant-based food to cheaper animal proteins. The shares fell over 1%. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thanks. Futures, little changed ahead of July jobs. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 
And it's now 507 on Wall Street. 79 degrees in Central Park. Got a broken down vehicle westbound cross Bronx at 3rd Avenue. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Happy Friday, Michael. Happy Friday to you, Nathan. Stay cool. The tri-state area will have another hot day. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn has the latest. Michael, heat advisory remains in effect for the tri-state area until 8 p.m. this evening. We're back up into the 90s today with the humidity. You'll feel like it's around 100. Only difference today over yesterday is the potential for some cooling showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Not everyone will see them, but those folks who do could see some very heavy downpours. It'll remain warm through the upcoming weekend. Michael? Rob, thanks. Donald Trump's lawyers are in talks with federal prosecutors over conversations the former president had with advisors and whether he'd be able to shield them from investigators of the January 6th assault on the Capitol. CNN reports it's the first indication the two sides are in direct talks as the federal probe accelerates. A Texas jury ruled conspiracy theorist Alex Jones must pay more than $4 million in defamation damages for falsely claiming the 2012 Sandy Hook school shooting was a hoax. While it was less than the $150 million being sought, counsel Mark Bangston was happy with the verdict. It was my goal when I started on this case to get this family a multi-million dollar verdict for their pain and suffering. And I've already done that, plus additional money for the million dollars in sanctions Jones paid us. Counsel Mark Bankston says the jury returns today to hear more evidence about Jones and his company's finances. The parent company of InfoWars Free Speech Systems filed for bankruptcy protection during the trial. Meanwhile, the January 6th committee has asked for texts from the InfoWars host. A face-off in Florida over abortion. Governor Ron DeSantis says he has suspended Tampa's top prosecutor, but Hillsborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren says he is an elected official, just like the governor, and is not going anywhere. At issue is Warren's decision not to criminalize abortions, which a new state law bans after 15 weeks, with some exceptions. Warren says a court already has ruled the ban violates Florida's constitutional right to privacy. However, DeSantis said prosecutors cannot pick and choose which laws to enforce. You can exercise discretion in an individual case, but that discretion has to be individualized and case-specific. You can't just say you're not going to do certain offenses. Governor DeSantis, Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 5.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Hi, good morning, Nathan. Big crowd at City Field. Bit of a playoff atmosphere for the start of Mets Braves. A five games in four days series between the top two in the NLEs. The Mets led five to nothing. They won six to four. They now lead Atlanta by four and a half games. Four Met home runs. Pete Alonso is 29th. Daniel Vogelback is second in as many days. And another new Met, Tyler Naquin, played his first home game with his new team. Homer twice. It's awesome. I mean, heck, even, you know, if I've been playing here for four years, that's a good night. But, um, no, man, it's, it's very enjoyable. The fans, you know, even from, you know, warming up on the line made me feel um, right at home. So uh, even going out to the left, just, just they made me feel good. So it was uh, it's nice to feel that way and step into the box comfortable. Carlos Carrasco got the win. Edwin Diaz the save, the first of his 24 saves where he pitched Two innings, an indication of how big this series is. It continues tonight, doubleheader tomorrow. Yankees are in St. Louis tonight, and then tomorrow they'll face Jordan Montgomery, who'll make his Cardinals debut against the team that just traded him. The A's visited the Angels. The Angels hit seven home runs. They were all solo shots, only seven runs they scored. They 
hit seven home runs and lost to Oakland, eight to seven. The NFL appealing the decision to suspend Deshaun Watson only six games for his sexual misconduct, and the NFL named former New Jersey Attorney General Peter Harvey to hear that appeal. Reportedly, Watson turned down an offer that had the suspension be twelve games. Preseason football, Hall of Fame game, Canton, Ohio, where Josh McDaniels grew up, longtime Patriots assistant, now head coach of the Raiders, who beat Jacksonville. Very few starters played in the game. John Stashow with Bloomberg Sports. All right, John, thank you. S&P futures, little change. Dow futures up 17 points. NASDAQ futures down four. The 10-year treasury up one thirty-second. Yield 2.68%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, heat advisory till 8 tonight. We'll get up to near 95 degrees, upper 80s tomorrow with a chance for a shower or thunderstorm. We'll be back in the low 90s again on Sunday. Right now, 79 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are little change this morning as investors brace for the monthly U.S. jobs report that's likely to add fuel to the recession debate. Stocks in Europe are moving lower. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures, again, little change this morning. Dow futures are now up 32 points. And NASDAQ futures are little changed. The DAX in Germany, little changed as well. The 10-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 2.68%. Yield on the two year 3.04 percent nymex crude oil is up about a tenth of a percent or eight cents at 88 dollars 60 cents a barrel comex gold is down two tenths percent or three dollars 90 cents at 1803 an ounce the euro 1.0228 against the dollar british pound 1.2140 and the yen at 132.91 and bitcoin is higher up 2.9 percent at 23,160 dollars the july jobs report out at 830 wall street time consumer credit is out at three and DraftKings is among companies scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. China has announced sanctions on U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her immediate family members. It's over her recent trip to Taiwan. Three more grain ships are expected to leave Ukraine's ports as the country tries to ramp up exports of food that have been blocked since the start of Russia's invasion almost a half a year earlier. In baseball, the Mets beat the Braves 6-4. The Red Sox lost to the Royals 7-3. The Nationals and Giants also lost. The A's beat the Angels 8-7. In the NFL Hall of Fame game last night, that's right, you heard me, NFL, the Raiders <laughs> over the Jaguars 27-11. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Still here, weird to hear the word football when it's going to be like mm-hmm. 100 degrees today. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Michael. It is 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak on the morning after pretty significant development in Washington. Looks like every Senate Democrat now may be on board with that uh, surprise tax and energy spending bill. Uh, the deal reached earlier this week between Senators Manchin and Schumer. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joins us now from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. with the very latest. So, Emily, Senator Cinema's on board. How'd she get there? 
So we knew from the very start when we first saw this plan come out that there was a carried interest uh, loophole and there was a provision in the bill to end that. And we knew that Senator Kirsten Sinema would not be quite happy. And Nathan, we say this all the time that it takes really all 50 Democrats. All of them have the power to, to step out, to veto, to say no, to block things. And so all eyes have been on her this last week. Would she come to an agreement? And we do know now, yes, she did find a path forward. They are going to uh, keep that carried interest loophole, um, which benefits, of course, wealthy investors. Uh, but as a way to raise revenue, they're going to add a 1% new tax on corporate stock buybacks. And there will also be some additional tweaks to that minimum 15% tax on corporations that's meant to benefit manufacturers. Now, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said the bill is still going to reduce the deficit by $300 billion. Note that this was all pretty late-breaking news last night, so we haven't seen all the exact details on it yet. But the Senate is scheduled to begin a procedural vote on the motion on Saturday. They're expected to be in this weekend. Uh, That should tell you something right there. If senators aren't on a weekend, it means that they really, really want to get something done and feel like they're going to be able to to get it done in in the near future. Yeah, certainly before they head out of town for the August recess. We also are waiting to hear from the Senate rulemaker, right? The uh, parliamentarian who decides whether uh, budget provisions can actually pass muster and get passed without a supermajority. Right, because remember, not just anything can go through this privileged process. It's only things that are going to have a direct impact on the budget. That's why you see so much tax stuff being discussed on these types of things. I mean, uh, lawmakers have been talking with the parliamentarian throughout the week on various provisions. Of course, now we got a couple new ones. She's going to have to review those. Uh, But again, there's confidence that she can finish the job and that she can give everything the green light in time for senators to vote on Saturday. In terms of politics, Emily, how significant is this for Democrats and for President Biden? I mean, this is much, much smaller than the Build Back Better plan, right? But they're still getting this done. They still got the CHIPS bill as well. I mean, much, much smaller is better than nothing. And just a couple weeks ago, we assumed that Democrats were going to get nothing from this particular deal. So far, we've seen a lot of really strong, positive response. Uh, We saw Democratic Senator Brian Schatz of Hawaii tweet that the climate deal is equal to the moment. Uh, Says, you know, obviously this is an ambitious start uh, and that he feels very optimistic. Uh, Certainly, there are a lot of lawmakers who, you know, while internally they might be bemoaning the loss of various things like uh, pre-kindergarten, you know, assistance to help uh, children and and mothers. Uh, On the front, this is more, again, than they thought they would get even a month ago. And I think most of them, even those who were raising concerns about it before, are now very eager to be able to get to yes and to have something like this when they're going back to their constituents and talking to them before the midterms. Only about a minute left here, but we just heard from the Chinese Foreign Ministry about sanctions now. Now against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi following the visit to Taiwan. What's the reaction in Washington? Yeah, China has levied these unspecified sanctions on Pelosi and her immediate family members. I mean, what we've seen from Washington, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken accused China of trying to change the status quo uh, with Taiwan. And that was even more of just a reference to the fact um, that they've done all these missile tests, some that have landed in Japan's exclusive economic zone, that they've sent these warships across the Taiwan Strait. And so there is some concern about what sort of blowback uh, the U.S. is going to the U.S. and Taiwan are 
are going to experience from Speaker Pelosi's trip. Uh, so we'll just sort of be, have to be keeping an eye on next steps here. Uh, the White House did summon China's ambassador on Thursday to condemn uh, Beijing's escalating actions against Taiwan and really just try to reiterate again, as we heard Pelosi say, as we heard Biden say, the U.S. was not trying to do a change in the status quo from Pelosi's visit, but certainly the highest ranking U.S. official to visit the island in 25 years. It was going to have some sort of response from Beijing. Thanks, Emily. Good having you on with us this morning. Emily Wilkins, Bloomberg government reporter with us from our 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. S&P futures now up two points. Dow futures up 39. NASDAQ futures higher by five points as we look ahead to July jobs. Report due out 8.30 Wall Street time. Ten-year Treasury little change, yield 2.68%, and the yield on the two-year, 3.05%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. The heat advisory continues till 8 tonight. We'll get up to near 95 degrees. Upper 80s, chance for a shower or storm tomorrow. Back in the low 90s by Sunday. Right now, 79 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. U.S. futures are little changed ahead of the July jobs report. The median forecast is for a gain of 250,000 jobs, and that would be down from 372,000 in the prior month. We get more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. The consensus forecast for job growth anticipates a bit of a labor market slowdown, but not necessarily because the economy is slowing. Companies are still reporting it's difficult to find workers. And economists surveyed by Bloomberg don't see any change in the unemployment rate. If that's the case, the Fed can continue to prioritize the fight against inflation first, continuing raising interest rates. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. We're following another major story this morning out of Washington. Senate Democrats plan to vote on their tax and energy spending bill as soon as tomorrow. Arizona's Kirsten Cinema says she's on board with the measure after tweaks to its tax provisions. Jim Kessler, co-founder of Third Way, says this does not have to be a Democrats-only bill. You know, I think if... Republicans were being really honest in the Senate. If it was a secret ballot, I bet about 15 or 20 Republicans would vote for this bill. Third Way co-founder Jim Kessler spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Nathan, we're seeing new tensions between the U.S. and China over House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. Beijing has announced sanctions against the Speaker and her immediate family. That's according to a statement from the Chinese Foreign Ministry. Major news on the health front this morning, Karen. U.S. officials have declared monkeypox a public health emergency. It's a step that will free up funding, treatments, and other services to fight the virus. Well, turning to corporate news this morning, Nathan, shares of Tesla are up almost 1% in early trading. That's after shareholders approved a three-for-one stock split. And we're watching some other stocks on the move this morning with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And Nathan Lift, among the most actively traded this morning, up over 8%. Ride-sharing company saying volumes on track to exceed pre-COVID levels. 
It's reporting the highest earnings in its history. A DoorDash getting a lift after the company reported revenue that beat analysts' expectations. They saw a record number of orders, shares up 12% of the pre-market. A different story beyond me, the maker of plant-based burgers slashing its revenue outlook. The shares, which have lost 50% of their value so far this year, down less than 1% this morning. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you again. Futures are a little change this morning, and NYMEX crude oil is at as well as $88.59 a barrel is where it's at. Local headlines straight ahead. This is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 79 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash northbound Major Deegan near Yankee Stadium. And Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. A Texas jury ruled that conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has to pay more than $4 million in compensatory damages to the parents of one of the first graders killed in the Sandy Hook massacre. Jones pushed his false claims on his InfoWars broadcast at the shooting, which left 26 people dead, was a hoax. Plaintiff attorney Mark Bangston says the verdict is just the beginning. We're not even done yet, and I'm already getting to tell my families, yes, Mr. Jones is going to transform your life with the money that we take from him. Plaintiff attorney Mark Bankston says the jury returns today for the punitive phase of the trial. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban addressed the Conservative Political Action Conference in Dallas, Texas. Orban called on the audience to unite with him against progressive liberals. We have seen what kind of future the globalist ruling class has to offer. But we have a different future in mind. The globalists can all go to hell. I have come to Texas. Orban is a close political ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin. Brittany Griner's WNBA teammates reacted to her sentence of nearly a decade in a Russian prison camp. Griner's Phoenix Mercury teammates and opposing players held 42 seconds of silence before the game to show support for the basketball star. Sentenced to a nine-year sentence in a Russian prison camp. 42 is the number of Griner's jersey. Griner's coach got emotional after the game. I couldn't imagine being in that situation, and, and she was so courageous. And, and, like, continuing to be a good role model in so many ways of, of this impossible situation, and she showed great strength and great humility. Coach Vanessa Nygaard. Actor Kevin Spacey was ordered to pay $31 million to the House of Cards production company for alleged sexual misconduct that got him booted from the popular Netflix series and upended his career. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. The Mets' NL East lead over Atlanta once ten and a half games was cut to a half game, and now it's back to four and a half with four more games this weekend at City Field. A game tonight, two tomorrow. Jacob DeGrom pitches Sunday. The Mets beat the Braves six to four as new Met Tyler Naquin homered twice. Daniel Vogelback and Pete Alonso also went yard 29th of the year for Alonso. Carlos Carrasco got the win. And an interesting decision by Buck Showalter to let his all-star closer, Edwin Diaz, pitch the last two innings. He had never had a six-out save before in his career. And they said my name, you know. I was thinking maybe I came to LA, face the three, two, three, four I was facing, and maybe like like I did in LA. 
um, resting for tomorrow. But they asked me, hey, how you feel to go again out? I said, I feel great. Um, the manager told me, and basically, uh, go out and, and win the game. Diaz has been outstanding all season. He has struck out more than half the batters he has faced. Yankees start a weekend series tonight in St. Louis. The Yankees are only a game and a half ahead of the Astros for best record in the American League. Houston shut out Cleveland. Justin Verlander allowed only two hits. He's 15-3. and three. The Dodgers have played eight games with the Giants since the All-Star break. L.A. won all eight, although Clayton Kershaw had to leave yesterday. Lower back pain. X-Met Noah Syndergaard debuted for the Phillies and got a win. The Phillies have released ex-Yankee shortstop D.D. Gregorius. He was hitting just 210 with one home run. Preseason football, Canton, Ohio, Raiders and Jaguars, both with new coaches, Josh McDaniels in Vegas, Doug Peterson now coaches the Jags, Vegas won the game. Hall of Ceremony, Hall of Fame ceremonies take place tomorrow. John Stanshower, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. All right, John, thank you. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Ed Corey. A warning for investment bankers, don't expect big bonuses this year. Incentive pay for those underwriting debt and equity could plummet more than 45% this year. Their counterparts advising on mergers and acquisitions could see their bonuses slump 25%, according to Johnson Associates. BlackRock is partnering with Coinbase Global to make it easier for institutional investors to manage and trade Bitcoin. This will take the world's biggest asset manager into a cryptocurrency market that's been hammered by plunging prices and government investigations. A new report says 48% of mortgaged residential properties in the United States were considered equity-rich in the second quarter. The only states where the percentage of seriously underwater homes increased from the first quarter to the second were New York, New Jersey, and Montana. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. Steve Potus and on KNX in Los Angeles, we're talking about Beyond Meat cutting its sales forecast as inflation has customers passing on its higher-priced faux meat products. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KFAB in Omaha. Global food prices dropping for a fourth month after hitting a record on the war in Ukraine. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for KCBS in San Francisco, I'm reporting that sky-high inflation is not slowing food delivery, with DoorDash seeing a record number of orders last quarter. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DA. Radio in London, we've been hearing from the Bank of England's chief economist, Hugh Pell, after the gloomy outlook of a recession lasting more than a year. I'm Ed Corey on WTAM in Cleveland. I'm reporting MRI Software has purchased ApartmentData.com. Those are some of the stories. Our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said she visited Taiwan this week as a show of solidarity. But if the U.S. wants to preserve the status quo in the Taiwan Strait, it should try saying less and doing more. The goal of U.S. policymakers should be to convince Chinese leaders that any invasion of Taiwan 
would be both unnecessary and unlikely to succeed. So it's critical for the U.S. to shore up its deterrent capability. This means investing in long-range anti-ship missiles and resilient battlefield networks and working with allies in the region to establish new basing arrangements. All this should be done without fanfare. Chinese leaders will respect changes on the ground more than rhetoric. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash Opinion or O-P-I-N go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at O-P-I-N go. S&P futures little change. Dow futures up 27 points. NASDAQ futures are lower now by 4 points. This is Bloomberg. Eleven three zero weather still under heat advisory till eight tonight with showers and storms possible going up to near ninety five degrees. We'll be in the upper eighties tomorrow, back in the low nineties on Sunday. Right now, seventy nine in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news twenty four hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in Europe and U.S. stock index futures are struggling for direction this morning as investors brace for the monthly U.S. jobs report that's likely to add fuel to the recession debate. The dollar rebounding from two days of declines. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures again are little change this morning. So are Dow futures. NASDAQ futures are down about 18 points. The DAX in Germany is down a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 2.68 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.05 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up four-tenths percent, or 37 cents, at $88.91 a barrel. COMEX gold is down a quarter percent, or $4.20, at $18.02.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0225 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2. And the yen, 133.09. And Bitcoin this morning up 2.8% at $23,145. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. China said it would sanction House Speaker Nancy Pelosi after she defied Beijing by becoming the highest-ranking U.S. politician to visit Taiwan in 25 years. The measures are also on Pelosi's immediate family. Senate Democrats say they have reached an accord on changes to their tax legislation, Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema, a pivotal vote, says she is ready to move forward on the bill. In baseball, the Mets beat the Braves 6-4. The Red Sox lost to the Royals 7-3. The Nationals and Giants also lost. The A's beat the Angels 8-7. In the NFL Hall of Fame game last night, Mama, he said NFL, the Raiders (laughs) over the Jaguars 27-11. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It is uh, almost 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's move from woe mama to the granddaddy of economic indicators. The July payrolls report is due out at 830 Wall Street time. Ahead of that, we are joined by Sarah House, senior economist at Wells Fargo. Sarah, good morning. The consensus is for a quarter million new jobs, the unemployment rate holding steady 3.6%. Are you looking for deceleration? 
Yeah, I think where the consensus is, is is roughly right based on the other data that we've seen where really we've seen an across-the-board weakening in labor market conditions. So I think some of the most worrisome signs we've seen are things like the rise in jobless claims, but even if you just look at the direction of things like job openings, hiring plans, you know, basically everything is pointing towards a cooler economy, a cooler labor market ahead. Is it so cool that we could be heading toward recession? So I think we still have a long ways to go in terms of labor market weakness to get us to a, a recessionary point. But I think the, the direction is clear, and that is where we are headed. So we think that the economy will slip into recession early next year. And so I think um, part of that, the timing of, of that has to do, though, with there's still quite a bit of altitude to lose in, in terms of job growth. So, you know, we're, we're adding 375,000 jobs on average in the second quarter. So there's there's quite a bit of room to slow down before we get into outright job cuts that are typical in, in a recession. What are you looking for in terms of uh, construction of what are the, uh, the makeup of where the jobs could be growing right now in terms of services, in terms of manufacturing? Of course, we heard just this week from Walmart that they're going to be cutting jobs. How could that potentially be reflected in the data? Yeah, so I think what we'll be looking for in the composition of, of industries is are we seeing that shift away from goods towards services? So you had a little Freudian flip there in, in terms of construction being yeah. top of mind. So as we've seen rates rise and really a lot of activity in the housing market just essentially come to a standstill, including construction, I think that'll be an important one to watch in terms of how much the Fed's tighter policy and slowdown we're seeing in activity is beginning to bleed into the labor market. But I think it won't just be construction. We've seen, as you mentioned, some pretty big companies to um, discuss job cuts, and I think we'll be looking at what happens with retail, what happens with transportation and warehousing, some of those other industries that are very much tied to spending on goods. And what do you think we're going to see in terms of wage growth? Are we still dealing with uh, uh, inflation when it comes to how much people are being paid right now? We'll see a, a wage increase similar to what we saw last month, so 0.3% month-on-month. That'll bring the year-over-year increase in average hourly earnings down, but still pretty strong at 4.9%. We think that given the breadth of industry job gains over the past year, this isn't being terribly distorted by various com- compositional factors. And, of course, we learned last week in, in the ECI that overall wage pressures remain pretty strong. And so I think that's certainly going to be a challenge when we look at the inflation picture is we still have a lot of inflation pressure stemming from the jobs market with these these elevated rates of, of wages, even as we're starting to see a few signs of cooling come out of those average hourly earnings numbers. Now, we only have about 30 seconds left here, but do you think this payrolls report is going to have any impact on the Fed's path when it comes to more aggressive rate hikes? I think it'll certainly play a factor, but there's a lot of other reports that we're going to get out between now and that September 21st meeting. So this is just the first of of two payroll reports. Of course, we'll also get two more big inflation reads. So I think it's it's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Okay, Sarah. Thanks, as always. Sarah House, Senior Economist at Wells Fargo. Karen. Nathan, it is 5.53 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Joan Doniger. 
Alex Jones will most likely be unable to take advantage of his legal team's huge mistake in the damages part of his trial involving parents of a Sandy Hook elementary shooting victim. Texas civil appeals lawyers say appeals don't consider lawyer missteps. Legal observers say the Biden administration's instruction that doctors and hospitals provide emergency abortion care faces a test from competing lawsuits in Texas and Idaho. It could endanger patients. And the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is turning its attention to how buy now, pay later providers and big tech harvest and make money from consumer data. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Joan, thanks. Now another legal story we're watching. It's the Justice Department's first lawsuit to protect reproductive health since uh, health care since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. DOJ argues that an Idaho law conflicts with a federal law that requires anyone coming to a medical facility for emergency treatment to be stabilized and treated. The Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, or EMTALA. For more on the lawsuit, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Mary Ziegler, a professor at UC Davis Law School. The Justice Department is suing Idaho over this restrictive abortion law that makes it a felony to perform an abortion in all but very narrow circumstances. So the Biden administration has taken the position that the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act preempts state laws that have very narrow exceptions for the life or health of the mother. And Idaho has an unusually narrow medical emergency exemption. So the Biden administration's position is, one, that this law, EMTALA, prescribes a standard of care for doctors treating patients who are in labor, and two, that any state law that has a narrower definition of medical emergency is basically blocked by that federal law. So we've seen variations of this. Actually, Texas is suing the Biden administration, saying essentially that its position on EMTALA is wrong and that Texas is free to have whatever emergency exceptions it wants, including none at all. The Biden administration is now going on the offensive, saying essentially that Idaho's law does violate the supremacy clause of the Constitution. Attorney General Garland said the supremacy clause is a decision made in the Constitution of the United States. Federal law invalidates state laws that are in direct contradiction. Is the Justice Department on solid ground here? I mean, it's it's going to be disputed. Um, We have a preview from Texas's suit. Texas has taken the position essentially that EMTALA doesn't actually tell doctors what they need to do in terms of caring for patients. EMTALA, just by way of background, was designed to stop the practice of patient dumping. So essentially low-income patients would show up at the hospital, at the emergency room with like a knife in their back or in labor, and doctors would find out they didn't have insurance or the ability to pay, and they would transfer them to other hospitals. And frequently that would result in increased morbidity and mortality for those patients. Texas's position essentially is that EMTALA was never intended to improve the standard of care for patients. And relatedly, that the exceptions that are carved out in EMTALA, the definition of emergency, would make, as Texas puts it, a hospital into an abortion clinic. It's really not clear to me that the exceptions are very broadly drawn, but that's Texas's argument. I think the Justice Department's argument is strong, but, you know, EMTALA doesn't explicitly say that it lays out a new standard of care for patients and you're dealing ultimately with what the judiciary is going to say about this and we know that the judiciary has been pretty hostile to abortion rights in recent months and years so that of course has to be factored into the calculation as well. 
And that's Mary Ziegler, a professor at UC Davis Law School, speaking with the Bloomberg student Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Futures this morning, they're pretty much little changed ahead of the July jobs report. Dow futures, they're higher, up about 45 points. Ten-year Treasury down 136. Second yield 2.69%, and the yield on the two-year 3.05%. And NYMEX screwed oil right now at $88.75 a barrel. That's up a quarter of a percent. And straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.